I'm Anita Annabelle, and this is The Good Chat. No, I'm not compliments. Quietly, I'm loving it. <laughs> I love making friends. I don't know what to that's tell you. I'm a psychic. This podcast is going to be a little chit chat. This is probably the best chat. No, that's why this is called The Good Chat. We get that's good chat, true. mate. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Chat. I am your host, Anita Annabelle. On today's episode, I had the absolute joy of sitting down with Stephen Coletti and James Lafferty from Paramount Plus's new series, Everyone Is Doing Great, which is dropping August 11. The guys were so kind and spoke to me about their new show. They also reminisced about One Tree Hill and Laguna Beach with me, I stan. And they also told me their most asked questions, including whether One Tree Hill will be getting a reunion or not. And James's answer is pretty telling. So let's get into it. Here's Stephen Coletti and James Lafferty. I know you. I know this guy. You're Damien. Are you Jeremy Davis? Dude, my little sister loves you. That's a long time ago now. Hey, hey, you can't fail if you don't try. The show ended five years ago. I'm sick of it. It's time to work. I'm going to play. I need to get on stage. The three of you need to really have a long, hard look at yourselves. You're going to start losing your friends starting with me. Maybe being 30 is just slowly realizing that you don't know anything. Are you doing coach for my engagement party? <laughs> what you, Seth and Jeremy have is very special. So hang on to that. I can't carry him anymore when I'm getting nothing back. And are you prepared to lose her? Forever. Is it not improving right now or is it still just like? We've actually just gone really like um, it, it's taken off. We've got like, well, you guys won't think this is taking off since you live in the US, but we've had like 239 cases in New South Wales, which is huge for us. So we've gone yeah. up like on a, on a spike. Yeah, it's still going up because we were following it for a little while there, just waiting, wondering if we were going to make it out and then just kind of seeing the early numbers, but then to know now you get... I heard that you're, yeah, you guys are probably going into lockdown as well. Yeah, I think that they're they're slowly starting to implement more of the, like, masks are kind of, they're inside, they want them back on. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. They're just trying um, to push people to get vaccinated. They're starting to say, like, you have to show proof of vaccination to go to a restaurant now and things like that. They're just, like, yeah. gently, like, hey, all right, come on, let's go. Yeah. You know? Isn't it this most scary time? Like I'm sitting here just going, what world are we living in? Honestly, every day, every and, day, uh, the, the new normal. It is just like, okay, maybe we figured out how we're going to manage the Delta variant, and then it's like, new variants in town. No, to the Edward exactly. Have you done your vaccinations or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was Definitely. like right yeah. away, right away. Yeah, I wanted to. You know, and th- thankfully a lot of people. You know, in the U.S. we have you know, we have over 50% have at wow. least a dose, you know, and or over 60%, over 50 have, have two. So there's a lot of people that are vaccinated, but there's still a lot of people. <laughs> it, it, so. We need to be at 70% where at 20% to get out of lockdown. So guys, thanks so much for being on my podcast today. I am so thrilled to be having you both on. It's a, it's a bit of an honor. I've got to say, um, I have binged every single episode of your show and I, I'm so excited. It is 
It is so good. Some would say it's unique and iconic. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. You have Thank watched you. it. Thank you, you so you much. You had to get all the way to the end to know that one. That's good. All the way yeah. to the end. <laughs> Literally the second last line. Um, so I had so many feelings about this show. It is so, oh, I mean, the characters. I didn't know whether to love or hate Seth or Jeremy, <laughs> I, to be honest. <laughs> Um, and it was such a roller coaster, and I binged it all in one go. Is that the way that you want people to watch it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something that we had anticipated. It's definitely something that's happening. Um, uh, I guess with only eight episodes, like it, it is pretty pretty bingeable. At thirty minutes an episode, you know, you can sit down, I guess, in an afternoon through an evening and, and watch the whole thing at once. And um, I, we were kind of anticipating people maybe spreading it out over a few days or something. Um, but we we started getting feedback right away, like, hey, this, you know, this was awesome. We want a season two. We're season two within like, you know, a couple of days of releasing it here in the States. And um, and that's been a surprise because we're like, you know, it took us like five years to get to this point and to know that somebody has like consumed it all so fast and already wants another season is amazing. But at the same time, we're like, oh, man, OK, not a lot of time to rest here. Let's uh, let's get back on the board. <laughs> No, you gotta, you've got to get going immediately because I really need to know what happens, that cliffhanger. I know that no one here who is listening right now has seen it, but that cliffhanger, guys, when you get to the end, oh, my God. Babe, we'll take the binge all day, every day. That's like the two thumbs up, I feel like, in this day and age. You know, as they rate it, it's like very bingeable. We, we flew right through it. We, we had some friends that were like, honestly, like we had to, we had to stop watching it because we're like, we're going to go through all the episodes in one sitting. I was like, you know what, that, that there could be worse things to say about the show. Uh, I feel like if it's getting the uh, binged it right away, uh, stamp of approval, we'll take it as a good thing. Totally. And so I guess the first thing is the title stipulates that everyone is doing great, but really no one's doing great. So which is life, you know, which I feels like this is really happening now. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, we're playing with the title. Uh, James came up with it, and and um, you know, different people have their have their meetings and and like to evaluate in certain ways. And it's interesting to see what people think of it. But you know, it, it's it is funny how we just are so easy to throw out. Great, you know, and um, yeah, no, and and I don't know, you know, who's really always actually doing really that well. Like we've all got, and I know a lot of people don't want to. Uh, you know, stop people in their day and 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 just like dump all their stuff and into their lives. So it's just a quick thing that we say to move on to the next part of a conversation. But um, you know what? I, I feel more often than not, I feel like the majority of people are are struggling. You know, I, I could say you know at different points in in trying to find myself moving into middle age and adulthood. You know, it's it's like it's not easy, and this is a big thing that's within the show. And and these guys are are in the show are, are struggling mightily and, and are doing a horrible job um, <laughs> making very poor decisions and are late to mature in ways. But we feel like even other people that aren't as bad as these guys are, um, you know, tr trying to find your, you know, your grip in, in, in middle age and, and the next step in life when you're getting out of your twenties. Um, I don't think it's as seamless as we might've thought, you know, I thought yeah. getting out of my twenties, it was like, Oh, I survived. First of all, we made it. And now we got it all figured out. Right. But then slow, you kind of slow down, you lose an air of invincibility that you had in your twenties and um, with more responsibility, it just kind of gives you a whole other perspective. So we feel like a lot of people can relate to that, especially now as we've been, you know, s s stuck at home and, and spending more time just like in our thoughts and, and by ourselves, which, um, you know, cannot always be healthy. Um, I really just want to point out something that you keep saying. I'm the same age as you and you keep saying middle age. Can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah, like, what is the designation for middle age? Is it, is it, our, is it our age? Or is it 40? 
40, guess, 50 has got to be because apparently Stephen's only planning to live till about 67. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess this is his middle age. Yeah, I, didn't know, I didn't even think I was going to make it to 30, so I'm a five years ago. Oh, God, <laughs> Stephen, don't say that. But I mean, you well, you well surpassed that. So, um, and for anyone who's about to discover this show, like I said, I, I'm a huge advocate for it. I'm so excited to, to kind of be talking to you about this. What can you guys give us like the pitch? What, what can people expect from this show? James, you're uh, so much good at pitching stuff with Brett. Oh, Go, man. James. Yeah, until until somebody friend. asked me to pitch and then I'm like, <laughs> um, no, listen, it's, it's, it's a, it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. Um, you know, it's set against the backdrop of Hollywood of a couple of actors that are coming out of, uh, you know, a vampire diaries type show. Um, and they're in their, you know, early to mid thirties and they're suddenly realizing that for so many reasons they have to start over. Right. And they yeah. are approaching that start over point in very, very different ways. Um, and so in some ways it's about, you know, trying to move on with your life after, you know, you've had something great happen and it's over. Um, and in other ways it's about, you know, holding on to friends that might've been from a different time. Right. Um, you know, we all have friends that we make at different stages in life and some mm. of them, you know, you kind of leave behind, but some of them stick with you forever because you both all went through something that only you went through. Right. And, and sometimes it's a little bit awkward taking those friendships into the next phase of your life. And so that's kind of what the show explores, right? I think whether or not you're interested in the backdrop of Hollywood, it's it's really about um, moving on in a time in your life when it's an awkward time to move on, and and you know trying to hold on to those friendships and you know your little friends, family, for better or for worse. You talk a lot about friendship in this show, but also it's about actors who are coming out of a huge hit. And like you both, we're in One Tree Hill, um, I stand. And it ended in 2012. What is it really like coming off a show as huge as One Tree Hill? Man, well, I mean, I was for, I was just happy to be there in the first place. <laughs> so I was like, I came in late to the show and I remember watching it growing up uh, it, with girlfriends and at home and then to, you know to be on the show years later was was an honor and um and so i i you know i i was almost like i, I could have kept going and do a couple more seasons but i i feel like for me personally to to have the uh the show and and uh to be a part of it was special but there was um there's kind of like because we shot out in wilmington north carolina it's this beautiful coastal town um uh, on the east coast and and i'm i'm from the west coast and la of course is over on the west coast so you're you're dropping back in, into that world. And, you know, I felt like I almost like I had the industry figured out in a way. It was like, okay, now I'm going back. Um, it's not going to be as hard to audition. A job is going to be more coming my way, but I had a rude awakening when I got back. It was trying to get back into that muscle of, of going into a room and performing right away with one shot, as opposed to kind of what you do on set. Maybe you're working through a scene a little bit and you're working with people. It's comfortable, but auditioning was, shocking and 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 almost scary right away it was like that first audition where it was definitely not as smooth as you expected it to be uh really really humbling um and kind of set the tone for a little while it was like all right maybe i need to jump back into like an audition class and figure out what am i doing here to like you know be professional at this beast so that i can go back and get back on another set so there was definitely uh some growing pains that happened there for me at least this show has been crowdfunded, which I think is the magic of your fans. What's the importance of having a fan base that will follow you both through your careers? Uh, it's been huge. It's been huge. And it's funny. It's one of those things that um, when I was younger, you know, on One Tree Hill, maybe in the middle of it or towards the beginning, people would say, 
um, you know, make sure to be thankful for your fan base and, you know, to connect with them because they're going to support you when you went and did your go do and do your next thing. And I remember thinking it was, it was just a hard thing for me to wrap my mind around. Like, I remember thinking like, how, is that really true though? Like, I don't know if that's, if that's true. I mean, it, it, you know, it's just hard to believe, but the way that One Tree Hill fans in particular have stuck with all of the cast um, as we've gone on to do other things and supported and got behind us is like, it's pretty extraordinary. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a different level of fandom with, with the One Tree Hill fans. Um, you know, like the, the, this show would not be here. Everyone is doing great. It wouldn't be here if it wasn't for One Tree Hill and those fans. And the fact that they came out from all over the world, you know, not just in the U S but Australia, especially um, we had, an awesome turnout in terms of people um, backing the campaign. Um, and I mean, it just could not, you know, when you go into a situation like that crowdfunding, you never really know what to expect. Um, you're really just kind of hoping people don't hate you for it <laughs> more than anything else. And then of course you're hoping that it's successful. And so to have that support, yeah, it really makes you stop and, and go, wow, this is something special. So special. And people are still rediscovering it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's wild to see. I mean, we still we still get invited to conventions, uh, whether in in North Carolina or even in in other countries. Um, you know, where they will go and, and meet people that are bringing their kids in that are, that they're introducing to the show, and and it's 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 cool to see that it's getting passed down through um, you know through some through a generation so far, which is which is just kind of mind blowing for us. So mind-blowing. And, Stephen, you not only had One Tree Hill to contend with, but then you also had, I guess, the stigma of Laguna Beach. I also stand. Love that show. Um, (laughs) But how did you tackle going, you know, to to not be typecast, I guess, is is the question. Well, I... I feel like it was it was easy for me to um, put reality TV in in the rear rear mirror after after doing Laguna Beach because <laughs> it was enough for for a few lifetimes I think uh, uh, more than I recommend for anybody but uh, especially at that age and so um, you know I it was like my my mission in life you know I, I wanted to um, you know break into entertainment in certain ways I thought I really wanted to kind of get into hosting early on but. Um, wasn't so interested and had dabbled in acting when I was in, in middle school um, and enjoyed it. But uh, it wasn't until I got to LA and, and started studying it. And I just knew that like, if I put myself in an actor's shoes and saw a kid from this, you know, MTV reality show coming around, um, you know, he, I, I would, I would mm. be wary, which be like, what, what's this, you know, and there is the stigma of a lot of people that are just, you know, they're really searching for fame. And if that's their thing, that that's great. But um uh, I, I just personally, uh, for me, it's 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 not a, necessarily about that. It's more of like wanting to entertain people, or you know, um, in, in a weird way, it's it's you know, I, I wanted to make stuff that I, I feel like I could be more proud of, that I can sink my my teeth into, um, and and I think maybe it was kind of like this the scare of the mark of how I perceive Laguna Beach to be really lit a fire of like, you know what, we got to make something better than Laguna Beach because in my, in my eyes, I was like, we can't, Laguna Beach is, is not proper entertainment. That is not what people Excuse need me. to be watching. So, <laughs> Excuse me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think for, from, from my, from my shoes at least, but um, I, I realize now that you know, it's a certain time in, in people's life where they, they watch that show and, and connect it in a way. And, and it's weird. It's taken me time, but I, I feel like, I've become more comfortable in knowing that, that people can look back maybe fondly at a, at a time and relate to their relationships in, in high school and stuff. It gives me a little solace in, in like, okay, maybe, maybe the show isn't a, 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 you know, a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> it, it, 
it wasn't a dumpster <laughs> fire. Like, let's be honest. If you could choose, apart from everyone is doing great, if you could choose a role, what would your ultimate roles be? I would love to be on a show like um, like Succession, I think. Yes, um, I, I really, I, I think I, it, it, this whole, you know, shooting everyone is doing great has exposed us to a completely different process. Um, I think we're getting a lot of feedback saying that, you know, the show feels different in a way, right? And it feels very real, it feels very grounded. Um, and that's because the approach that we took was a little bit different than anything that we'd experienced before. It was really uh, giving the actors the freedom to make the dialogue their own. Uh, and to really run with those moments and really play with the moments in between and to throw each other curveballs. And um, it really just creates this sort of magic um, and authenticity. And so I'd love to continue to do that. I'd love to find a role. And I feel like the reason I said succession is because I feel like they're able to do a bit of that. You know, there's, mm. there's so much in it where they, it feels like they're doing so much more with the dialogue that might've been on the page. And um, it's, it's a rare thing to get an opportunity to do in this industry. Um, and I'd love to do more of it. Yeah, it's a lot of shows it takes time to be able to do that. You know, you look at like The Office, I know right away that they were, they had some freedoms there, but it, it took time for them to really be able to, you know, each each character or each actor outside of Steve Carell that was just kind of getting going for them to get the opportunity to uh, to have those, those freedoms. Um, but yeah. There are so many people. Every time I watch The Office, I'm like, oh my God, it's that person. It's like, yeah, I need it. They're, act- they're <laughs> <I know>. actors. <laughs> One Tree Hill's like that too. I know, One Tree Hill is like that. It's crazy. And you guys have been working together for, not to make you feel old, but well over a decade. How has your friendship evolved in that time? And is there any behind the scenes drama you want to admit to? Well, I mean, I I was, I remember James, like, James is a a pillar of professionalism. um, And I remember when I went, and it could almost to a fault. It's, I feel like sometimes people, think that that uh james might not like them like myself when i first got on the show because he's just not gonna he's not gonna come right up to you right away you know he's at work and doing his thing and so for sure it's funny i remember just getting on one tree hill um you know certain people are more outgoing than others and 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 i feel like james was was very kind and came up and said hello but we didn't have a lot of work together you know so we wouldn't see each other we didn't get an opportunity to really get to know each other um and so I, and I, me just being young and very insecure and coming off a reality show, I've been like, oh, there's, that's going to be the actor that is going to be like, man, screw this, the kid from MTV, like, let's get him out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> In my mind, I built up this whole story of the way James thought about me without even having a real conversation with him. And then... Cut to James is doing a charity event, a charity basketball game he used to put on in, in Wilmington. And a lot of people were in town and it was a big event. And then afterwards, we all got to go out and celebrate the the event and and just, you know, time went on a little bit, like have a few drinks. And, and then we had some, we got to really know each other. And it was like, um, you know, from there, it was like, hey, it was, we realized there's some similarities just in weird things growing up in Southern California and, and our backgrounds. Um, that, that were cool. And, and uh, it's been just a, a great friendship from there. That is, thankfully, we can report maturing through the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the, the ideas, the, the show ideas that James and Stephen of, of 2008 are creating and say, hey, you know what we should go shoot are uh, a little half-baked than uh, <laughs> even what we have now. <laughs> well, I, I will say, I feel like, you know, we never, we probably up until four or five years ago when we started EDG, like we had probably never even disagreed on anything beyond like where we should go for dinner. Right. Like we never had to, we never had to like, you know, disagree on anything and, you know, in making the show, like, obviously, you know, we're, there weren't, I I think there were very few disagreements in shooting it, pre-production, all that stuff. But like when you sit next to somebody in an edit bay for, you know, you know, eight to 10 hours a day for like 
six to eight months like we were doing, um, there's going to be disagreements and, you know, like creative differences and things like that. And so we really, you know, we had to face that head on and, um, and, and learn how to like talk to each other in that way, which was, you know, which is really interesting, like feel each other out. And, you know, thankfully, like if we ever had a disagreement, it was always like whatever was best for the show, mm. that's how we were going to get through to the other end of it. Um, we always approached it that way. So we got through it, but that was, you know, that was a bit of a learning curve. That um, you, you sound very mature. That's a very mature thing to do, guys. Um, <laughs> so you have two Aussies on this show. In fact, James, congratulations. You're engaged to Alexandra. Thank you. So what have you learned about Australia from having two Aussies on the show and also from, I guess, having Alexandra in your life? We're just never going to be quite as cool as you guys, are we? Just, yeah. no, matter, no matter what we do, I, I, we shouldn't even try. It's just the, the Aussies, <laughs> you guys are going to be, yeah, I guess you're permanently cooler than, than Americans, in my eyes at least. Yeah. <laughs> we, we there's, love there's, our, also, there's also certain things you can say that we can't say. Like you can like, like Australians can just like make fun of you to your face, which was what Kariba and Alex do to us. Uh, but but yeah. when they do it, it's like charming and endearing. It almost feels like a compliment, you know. You're like, oh yeah. It always is a compliment, well. though. Like if an American makes yeah. fun of you, it's just like so blunt and not funny at all. Like <laughs> it doesn't go up at the end of the sentence, you know, the accent. So it's just like, wow, that was okay. That was mean. It's so aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You so are. Aggressive. It's aggressive. You have you guys? Are you guys on TikTok? I mean, I I just feel like I'm I feel way too old for TikTok. I have to admit. But do you guys do TikTok? I don't haven't been on it, and I, I don't know if I I don't know if I will. I think it'll I be. Like it's one well, of those... I just was about to get you to do a dance. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Oh no, James and I we had there was a girl at one of the conventions that we went to that she was about thirteen or fourteen, and she she asked James and I to do a TikTok dance. And, and we like we were like oh yeah well this is going nowhere and so we did and, and I mean we didn't do a dance we more just we we shuffled around a floor and like there was some hip movement but there was and some might call it dance some might call it just awkward movement <laughs> and 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 she put it on her TikTok and it wanted to get all these views and somebody I think I had like a cousin show it to me and I'm like wait what how did how did that go from no one was supposed to see that it was this, not going anywhere this is not Instagram what is this. That is so funny. Um, the reason I bring up TikTok is because there's this challenge which celebs are doing and it's what tell us your most asked questions. So I want to know two of each of your most asked questions and can you answer them for me? Hmm. Uh, is your is your nipple ring real? <laughs> My character had a nipple ring in season one of One Tree Hill that I think they only showed like literally three times. And to this day, I'll still get on, you know, social media. Is it, do you still have your nipple ring? Like, I never, I never had it. It was glued on from the beginning. So, yeah. What weird character development to have a nipple ring. Yeah, yep. Um, man, so oddly, a lot of people would ask me from, from Laguna if I still had that white truck. Like, you still have the white truck? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I sold it. And I do. I tell them, I was like, actually, that's a sad story. Because I remember when I sold the thing, I didn't expect to get emotional. But I remember I was giving it to this guy who had this liquor store. And he said it was going to be, you know, he's using it to haul. Or had a couple of liquor stores. Using it to haul his liquor between different stores. I'm like, okay, all right. That's a good life. It's just going to be, like, just picked up right where we left from high school. Like, load the thing up with liquor and bounce around. Uh, but I remember when I sold from high thing, school. I sat down <clears> and was like, oh, this is the last time in, I'm in the car. And for some reason, I just started bawling. <laughs> so I, I tell people like, oh, that's so, so sad. Like, I know. I was like, it's kind of emotional for me too. Like, 
<laughs> the whole thing is just my first car. I never thought I'd get emotional over a car, but apparently it was, uh, yeah, it was. It's a thing. A it's a thing. I mean, you probably did lots of things in that truck. There were a few firsts, for sure, for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> James, is there another? <laughs> I was cutting that out. <laughs> Absolutely not. James, what about you? Is there another one? Uh, there's, I mean, there's, uh, I guess there's a little bit of a spoiler, but, uh, we, we kind of use this in, um, in, in the show, um, you know, I'll get from time to time. Um, so like, are you still acting? Like, that's always a good one, you know? And we actually, you know, that's, that's, that, that question in itself is sort of what inspired the show, like the spirit of that question, because it's so, it's so innocent and it's not meant to be, you know, a mean question or anything. Um, but it makes you, it makes you feel, it makes you just sort of reminds you like, oh man, I got to start booking roles here soon. Otherwise, you know, like, what do they think I was doing <laughs> this whole time? Um, so yeah, that's, that's one that you get from time to time. If you're, um, if you're having a little dry, dry spell. Are you still acting? Yes, everybody. He's still acting. <laughs> Steven, do you have another one? Um, what else would I get? Um, a lot of people would ask me if, if, um, if Laguna was real. Oh like, yeah. Real? And I was like, I mean, how much time do you got? Cause <laughs> we know some of it's not real, but we know that. Yeah. You know, we can go episode by episode here. <laughs> can we please? Bye James. We're going to go. See you later. <laughs> do you want to do a podcast with me about if Laguna Beach is real? Um, and what is one question that you both hate being asked? Besides that one. Question that I hate being asked. Hmm. Man. Question I hate being asked. <laughs> Such a simple question. I oh, know. Yeah. It's like filling out a form and they're like, tell us a little bit about yourself. And you're like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a question that I don't necessarily hate being asked, but it's a frustrating question to be asked. And it's like, are, are you guys going to do another season of One Tree Hill or is there going to be like a One Tree Hill reunion? Because. It's just such an impossible question to answer from mm. an actor's standpoint. Like you can't answer that question in a way that's going to satisfy anyone, right? Because we have no control over it. Uh, whether or not it happens is totally out of our hands. And so, and and like, yeah, so it's just, it's tough to be able to like satisfy somebody with an answer to that. Well, it just means everyone is so excited about the show. It Obviously. is. It is. But, no, it's cool. But it's, I can yeah. totally get what you're saying. Like, yeah. you know, you're. It's not like annoying and I don't hate it. It's because I, because I totally agree. I get it. it. It's, like the, it's like the best compliment, right? Like people are still enjoying it. It's so cool. And it, it's, it's still surprising to me, like that people want more. Um, but yeah, it's just, you always have to figure out a way to, uh, to make it happen. Make that answer happen. Yeah. And what about you, Steven? Oh man. I mean, um, I hate it when, um, when people ask me what my favorite movies are, because it, or what's my favorite movie? Whenever I get that question, I know this is kind of a dull answer. I'm sorry, but it's it's like I, I was like, where do I? I can I can list you many many movies. Uh, I, I don't think I just have like one favorite. And, it, and then I always because it, once it's a question that like follows me, and I'm like, man, I like told them that that's my favorite movie, but that's not really my favorite movie. It's maybe in my top five. <laughs> it, it's just I can't please myself, and 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 then it's just an overthinking question for myself. So that one always roughs me up. That was a little bit boring, but. I get it. <laughs> See the way you said that; it was just so charming. Like if we had said that out. to you, it would have been so it would have been really. Yeah. 
That's so true. I'm very charming because I'm Australian. Guys, I have to wrap up. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Honestly, this has been so much fun and it's hopefully we'll get to see you here soon. Absolutely. We'd love to make the trip. That's, yeah, definitely. Nice chat with you, Anita. Oh, it was so nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Anita. Well, that was such a good chat. Make sure to check out Everyone Is Doing Great streaming on Paramount Plus now. On the next episode of The Good Chat, I sit down with model and founder of the Right Fit Agency, Taryn Williams, and she is a force to be reckoned with. And if you're new to this podcast, why don't you check out episode five with Michael Whipfley, aka Whipper. He told me about a hilarious Fitzy and Whipper stunt that almost made it to air, but thankfully didn't. It would be like a massive cash giveaway across the day. Fitzy Whipper, Kate, Tim and Marty. And then it would be um, Fitzy and I running the truck. Like, So it would be like blackers at the start of it standing in front of the truck going, guys, we're giving away a whole lot of cash. Hey, Fitzy Whipper, how much cash is in there? We run into the so-called truck full of cash and then the truck starts to roll. But we've got out the bottom. And then it goes off. So the prank was on Kate, Tim and Marty to see how they would react. <laughs> see what I mean? It's kind of, that's one we didn't go ahead with. There was a moment where we went, oh, feels pretty serious. A little bit on the... Yeah, a little bit on the <laughs> nose. A little bit on the... So we pictured, like, Kate and Tim running to the edge of the cliff. Marty probably wouldn't have cared. Um, running towards the edge of the cliff as the truck blew up. And then we go, hey, we're over here. And if you like this chat, you can rate, follow and review and follow me on Instagram at AnitaAnnabelle underscore and at the Good Chat Pod. See you next week.